Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Are you remodeling or building your dream home? We'll chat about everything from the ceiling to the floors and everything in between. Any questions you might have can be emailed to me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. This podcast is being brought to you by Premier Lighting. Well, today is November 19th. We're getting closer and closer to the holidays. And we have a special guest today. Leslie Dixon with Studio 1010 is going to answer all my questions and hopefully yours about fabric. Hey, Leslie, thanks for stopping by. Hi, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited because I don't know that much about fabric, and maybe my audience doesn't either, so they'd like to learn. The first thing I want to ask you is the fabric that goes on furniture. Now, we're talking about you know, the idea of people actually picking their own fabric when they buy a piece of furniture, or they could reupholster what they have, right? Correct. You can. Very and, popular these days. If you like your style and you can't find anything similar on the market, just have what you have reupholstered. You know, and I suggest that to certain people. I like the idea of being able to reupholster especially if the chair isn't actually falling apart. But just in case you don't know this, folks, when you get a good upholsterer, he will redo the webbing and the padding, and he'll even fix the nicks on the legs, if there is any, and he'll um, kind of touch up any of the, uh, or match the color, or they can even change the color of the legs. So uh, th- go for that. Think of the idea of reupholster. I do like that idea. So, Leslie. What do we look for when we're looking for a fabric to reupholster or, say, couch, for instance? I think it's really important to consider how your family lives in the room oh, good point. that you're going to be using the sofa or the chair. Um, do you have children? You or know, do you have pets? Do you have pets? You need something that's going to be very easy to clean, uh, easy to wipe up the spills or spots. Uh, but also, if you have the pets, you want something that's going to have more of a smooth fabric so they're not going to catch their nails right. within the fabric and snag it. Mm-hmm. So um, also jewelry. You know, if you like to wear a lot of jewelry, you want a fabric that's not going to catch on your watch or your ring. Um, so really consider how you're going to use the space. Now, I know a lot of people use their couch in the family room watching TV, eating dinner. Yes. Do they still suggest that you scotch bright your fabric so that it's easily cleaned? Nowadays, they do have a lot of that cleanability built into the fibers of the fabrics. Um, it, you don't necessarily have to do a uh, secondary treatment. Uh, a lot of your performance fabrics, such as Krypton or Nanotex. Krypton? Krypton. Oh, Superman, Superman proof. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So those properties are being built into that man-made fiber. Uh-huh. However, if you're looking at a natural fiber, such as a cotton, a linen, a wool, then yes, you would probably want to have it treated. Um, and fiber seal is a wonderful secondary treatment that you can put on that sofa after it's been manufactured. Do a lot of people use wool? I would think before they think of wool, they have to think of the allergies they might have. Actually, wool is non-allergenic. Really? Yes. It is one of the only fibers that's non-allergenic. And then it is also flame retardant. So a lot of your um, children's uh, one-piece pajamas pajamas Mm -hmm. have wool in it and because it's naturally fire retardant. It is also a number one fabric used in contract or commercial projects because of that. 
Oh, so, I didn't yes. know that. Are they still using Herculon? Remember that from years ago? It's it's a, a fiber that's really not used as much. Oh, um, thank God. Yes. So they've tried to replace it uh, with the new uh, rayon fabrics. But anything that's a rayon, viscose, tensile, bamboo silk, those are all manu- man-made wood pulp fibers with a lot of chemicals that have been added. Uh, and the problem with the rayon is it's stretchy. Mm-hmm. So in terms of using that on a sofa in reupholstery, you may end up with a seat cushion and then the fabric grows. And then all of a sudden you have these wrinkles in your seat cushion. So you need to be very careful about the properties of those fibers. So rayon, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous fabric, but you need to blend it with a cotton or a polyester or an acrylic to give it stability. Interesting. So the average, I hate to say this, but the average homeowner goes to her upholsterer and she asks him what he suggests. He doesn't know as much. I know he doesn't know as much as you. So I would suggest that she either go to a fabric store so that they can explain to her what to use and what not to use or use a designer. Correct. Use a designer that we are educated in the different properties of the fabrics. But when you have a homeowner who is wanting to, you know, select their own fabrics, and when I teach fabrics to the, to the young students, I try to equate, think about your clothing. How do you care for your clothing? Um, you would never take your silk blouse and throw it in the washer and dryer because you know that the chemicals from your detergent, as well as the heat, is going to ruin the fabric. Well, that's true with any type of home decorating fabric. Um, polyester. Polyester is practically indestructible. You throw it in the washer, you throw it in the dryer, it's wrinkle-free, but it's also very staticky. So electric, electric static. Um, So think about your clothing and how you take care of that. That's going to equate a lot to how the home fabrics are going to need to take care of. Interesting to know. Wow. And there is a lot to know. Are they still doing the matching fabrics of the couch and the chairs and the drapes? Is that matchy-matchy finally gone? It's finally gone. It's finally gone. A lot of your fabrics will have coordinating patterns to go with them. Uh, Rule of thumb is pick your favorite pattern. It can be a large pattern or a small pattern. And then mix in a solid, a mini print, or a stripe. Don't have every piece the same same pattern. And it's nice that they might, they make these collections to go together. If you have a hard time bringing them together yourself, or like you said, once again, have a designer. That's true. Yes. And I love when they mix the patterns in French country or some like, uh, the farm look. But if you're contemporary, don't even look at and don't listen to solids. Them. Lots yeah. of solids. Yeah, lots of lots solids. Lots of textures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So our next question is our windows. What are they using for drapes? How do we know we're picking the correct fabric for our drapes? Every project is different when it comes to drapes. Uh, like I mentioned for the upholstery, you need to think about why are you putting draperies on this window? Is it for privacy? Is it for light control? Is somebody sleeping during the day and you need to use a blackout fabric to create a nighttime feel during the day? Um, Is it for heat control? So now we're looking at either multiple layers of drapery. Um, So again, it comes into how are you living in your space? Lot to learn. Yes. So let's go to the um, 
the uh, lining of the drapery. I always see the white or the off-white. Can we put a color on there? You can put a color. I'm going to preface this by saying if you live in an HOA, possibly check with your HOA. Oh, that's right. We that, don't want them looking at orange from the outside. That used to be the standard is that you had okay. to have a white lining. But these days, and especially here in Arizona, they have a lot of great colors that will blend with the color of your home. So if your home color, if the outside stucco color is a darker color, you may want your lining to blend with that instead of being a square white from the outside of your oh, home. Oh, good point. Does every drape have to have a lining? It does not. Once again, what are you trying to accomplish within that room? Maybe you want the light to filter through a, a lightweight or a sheer fabric. And again, you're going for privacy, but you still want to have a little bit of a view, a little bit of uh, imagery through that window to outside. So in that case, you would not even line your drape. Well, so you could have draperies lined. You could have shears under it, right? So you need a double rod. Correct. Right? Correct. And the shears I've seen very plain to very ornate, very colorful, um, very all sorts of interesting patterns on there. They're doing a lot of embroidered uh, yeah. draperies, a lot of embroidered shears. Right. And in this case, they're actually putting the shear to the front of the room and putting a separate lining in the back of the shear up against the window. So they're reversing what we're used to from the past. And Why? that way... Why are they doing that? <laughs> uh, because they want to see the pretty shear from the inside of the room and not necessarily the dark lining, uh, which they only pull closed at night. But during the day, they can pull the shear closed, and it goes from wall to wall. And so it expands the size of the room. This is a whole different subject, but I know they can motorize everything. Correct. Anything can be motorized. Okay. So let's go back to the windows. Are they still using swags or valances, or can they not do any of that? Correct. I I think, again, it goes back to the style of the home. We've seen a lot of transitional, a lot of contemporary, as you mentioned, farmhouse. um, And we're seeing more clean lines, Mm -hmm. um, less fabric, less is more. And making the drapery more as a backdrop of the space instead of the focal point. And I haven't done swags in over 10 years. Now, for those who don't know what a swag is, I'm really sorry. You're going to have to Google that. But it's that top, uh, real fancy swag. <laughs> that comes a lot of French fabric. Yeah. Yeah. Just so. think of uh, Marie Antoinette. And, yes. Um, okay. So the other question I had on, um, and I can't remember, there was another question. It'll come back to me. Patterns. Yeah. We wanted to talk about patterns on the drapes. Should they go up and down? Should they go horizontal? What? I think you need to remember a lot of times when you look at pattern on a fabric, you're looking at a flat piece of fabric. Mm -hmm. When this fabric goes on your window as a drapery, generally it's a pinch pleat, whether it's a modern pinch pleat or a traditional pinch pleat, that fabric is gathered. So you need to take your sample and you need to gather it and see what's going to happen to your pattern. That large floral that's in the center of your fabric may not be visible when you pleat it together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's times when you take a contemporary pattern and you pleat it and you may end up with a lot of circles that you really didn't know was going to happen as you gathered that fabric together. And that's very important. People fall in love with a flat piece of fabric 
And then when it's made into the drape, it looks totally different. So maybe they should use that pattern for a pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Or just play with the fabric. Right. But yes. Well, when you were saying pinch pleating, they also have to see how it's going to fall, right? Correct. If it's too stiff, if it's not going to flow nice, go to the next fabric. Correct. Make sure their fabric isn't an upholstery weight fabric because, again, that's going to affect how it hangs. Um, so you do want to play with your fabric and feel it and make sure it's not stiff. Make sure um, that when you when you fold it, you know, hold it up in a vertical aspect and, and see what happens to the bottom of that fabric. Is it going to flare? Uh, polyester fabric has a tendency to flare. So the bottom of the drape is actually going to be wider than the top of the drape where it's been pinch pleated. Right, like, like a gathered skirt. You know, if we were on TV, people could actually see your hands moving all over the place. <laughs> I have to show images of what I'm talking about. Hey, talk about the weights that they put in the hems. So on a lighter weight fabrics, and to help keep it from flaring, um, they can either do what's called a bead chain weight, uh, which is hidden in the hem, Uh, Or sometimes they'll put little square metal pieces in the corners. And that is to help the drape to hang properly. Um, With a lot of the sheer fabrics coming from Europe, this bead chain is already made in the hemline. And so the workrooms aren't having to rework the hemlines. That, That chain is already there. And who invented that? That was a good idea. I actually think it's kind of coming back around from years and years and years and years ago. Now, I have a question, a specific question. When you get the drapes, they're pinch pleated and they're hung. You have to somehow train them to hang nice with the pleats. How do you do that? Usually during installation, at the very end of hanging the drape, the installer will wrap a cotton tie around the drape in like three different places. Fabric will have a tendency to memorize how it's hanging. And I always recommend to my clients to leave those ties on for at least a week if they can. And that will help that fabric memorize its shape. And then that way when you open and close your drape, it'll go back to that that shape. If they take them off too soon, like the next day, then the fabric hasn't had a chance to be memorized. Once again, remember, when we receive the fabric at the workroom, it's on a flat roll. Mm -hmm. It's made, and it's laying, again, in a horizontal application until it's installed. Once it's installed, now it's in a vertical application. And so you have to train your fabric. Hmm. I want to ask you about tiebacks, but first I want to talk about Premier Lighting. I mean, they're nice enough to be my sponsors. And I went into their showroom the other day, and they have tons of Savoy House uh, fixtures. And this is something new. I think everybody would appreciate this house. But they also have many, many fixtures. They have 80 different kinds of lighting and 15 different manufacturers that they represent for fans. So I suggest that you go in there if you're looking to change out your house. Just add a little something for the holidays, whether you're contemporary or traditional, whether you need some indoor fixtures or maybe a new outdoor light by your garage or your front door, you want to do that for the holidays, you should go to shoppremier.com. They've got a great website. And if you call them, if you're in the Arizona area, but by the way, they do ship. So no matter where you are, you can go to their website. You can ask questions. The phone number is right on the website. So don't forget, call shop, uh, go to shoppremier.com and give them a call. 
Now, we've uh, talked about for the past nine weeks my drawing at the Christmas party, and if you don't live in Arizona, I'm really sorry about that. But if you are going to come to my Christmas party, which I have annually every year, I will have a drawing. You have to have the ten words from the podcast, and they're the secret words that I have said uh, one at each podcast. And today's secret word, you've got to write this down on a piece of paper, is family. And I picked that as the last word because what's the holidays all about? It's about family. So you get your piece of paper, you write all ten words, and you'll be in my drawing. So back to Leslie, and I want to find out about tiebacks. Tell me how wide they should be. Do they still use them? I've seen, I've seen pearls used as tiebacks and ribbons. Why tiebacks are still in? Um, once again, it goes to the design of the drape. Um, but I have used everything from leather belts to um, tassels to, as you mentioned, bead chains. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to hold the drape away from the window, um, especially if you have a drapery panel near a door or near a sliding glass door and you don't want that fabric kind of swinging in and out of the doorway. Um, so right, so that's function, but it yes. can also be used, uh, I guess, as a contrasting piece of fabric that would draw some of the color out of the drapes. Correct. And then it's also the whole scenario of the shears in the middle and then that color and and all that other stuff that Correct. goes with it. But how wide should they be? Again, that it's personal preference. There is no standard as to how, how wide that tie back But it should be, be proportion. Proportionate to right. the, the height of the drape. If you have drapes that are going up your 10-foot ceiling, don't use a half-inch tie back, back, right? Correct. Correct. It's, it's all common sense, I guess. They also have metal, um, the stainless steel, the chrome, the uh, brass, which is coming back in again. Um, so the tiebacks don't have to be a fabric. They can be made out of a metal, and it's an like a metal It's arm. like a catch. Correct. So you put your drapes behind, behind that. Behind that, correct. That's a good idea. Okay, you know, and I have a whole list of questions, and one of the questions that I've been really wanting to ask is about upholstered, upholstered walls. Change that word. Upholstery, upholstery. That's uh, not sliding out of my off my tongue right now. But uh, the fabric on the walls, do they typically pad behind it? They do. They do a, a small wood framework, and then they add a Dacron padding to the wall, and then over the top of that, they add welding. The, they add the fabric, which mm-hmm. has already been pre-sewn together to fit the size of the room at the workroom, and then they staple that to the wall, and then over that, they do uh, usually a double welt to hide the staple marks. Are they still using uh, these fabric walls? They sure are. They sure are, especially if you have, you know, say a nursery um, or a music room. Or a padded cell that you uh, need if you're going crazy. <laughs> yes, if you need a padded cell for your teenagers. Um, but even restrooms, they're still doing padded padded How would walls you really do that in a restroom? Come on. They do. They do. I, I think in a maybe powder for, room. That for a teenage girl, maybe, or you say men use the other bathroom. That's right, sign down the hallway. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think in the powder room, that is the focal point of your house and not a restroom that's being used regularly, you know, by kids or yourself. But then how do you treat the fabric? What if you bring that to, say, the the uh, sink is right in front of you and then you have a sidewall left or right? 
and it splashes on the fabric. Again, you want to make sure the fibers of the fabric are going to be cleanable. Uh, again, probably not a silk because it is going to water spot. Uh, you may consider also having it treated, as we mentioned earlier, Scotch Garter Fiber Seal. I think leather would be good. Leather would be very good. They do a lot of leather in dens. We've done leather on ceilings. Mm -hmm. uh, it's wonderful for an office space or a library room within your home. So I think... Um putting fabric on your restroom or on your powder room, you've got to get that durable fabric. Get the durable fabric. As, as much as we would like satin and pearls, sometimes I don't think it's going to work. Right. Well, and some fabrics you can get treated beforehand um, so that it is a water repellent, uh, which actually hopefully will lead us right into your next question. What is my next question? It is about outdoor or performance well, fabrics. Not, but before that, I wanted to say that before we went on air, I was asking or I was telling Leslie about this this fancy powder room I went into with satin and pearls, and it just seems like that's not the place to put satin and pearls. So I had to bring that point up. So let's just segue into our uh, outdoor furniture. What would you suggest? Well, when you're dealing with outdoors, and again, remember, we're in Arizona, and oh, so I forgot. <laughs> our weather, our heat, our yeah. sun, um, we do have to be very cautious here um, just because the the sun is different here, I think, than in some other areas. It's uh, when, probably the same in Florida or in Southern California. For some reason, the heat will eat up everything in mm -hmm. that uh, July, August uh, time Correct. frame. Correct. So here we highly recommend that you use a 100% solution dyed acrylic fabric. And everybody knows Sunbrella. That's what they're known for, um, is the 100% solution dyed acrylic. There are other companies out there that also do this, probably just not as well known as that trade name. What that is, is that think of the difference, a fabric that's been dyed, think of a radish. It's white on the inside with the red on the outside, and that's a dyed um, or a printed fiber. A carrot has the color all the way through. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happens with the solution dyed acrylic. The color is actually added while the fiber is still in a soluble, in a um, water state. And then it's extruded and made into a fiber. So that color goes all the way through that, that fiber, that thread. And so the fading, you just keep peeling it with a carrot and you just keep getting orange all the way through. Right. And so it doesn't fade as fast as a normal fabric. So Sunbrella actually has um, a five-year warranty here in Arizona. It's a three-year warranty against their fading. But it's also water repellent, and it's also mold and mildew resistant. Um, you still need to clean your cushions. Mm -hmm. Mold and mildew and will you grow on it? your cushions. You just hose it off with water. That's all you have to do. It's bleach cleanable. It's uh, detergent cleanable. Um, you can actually take the casings on a umbrella and throw them in the washer. Wow, to clean them. The, definitely, you know a lot more about fabric than anybody I know. I can't believe it. And I, to love, try I to love remember fabrics. this. I love fabrics. So, wow. Yeah. So, so the other thing I wanted to mention, umbrella um, and those types of fabrics are known as outdoor fabrics. Mm -hmm. But I want to take the name outdoor out of it. It's now indoor outdoor fabric or performance fabric, because the acrylic, they've gotten to a point where that acrylic now is so soft that you can use this in your home. You can use it back to our very first topic on upholstery and use this 
So you would use that in, say, a family room where you have uh, high traffic we areas. We have high traffic areas where you have those kids More where you're eating dinner. Anything or most anything out there. Correct. And well, it's easy good. to clean. And their patterns are gorgeous. Wonderful patterns. A lot of coordinating ones. Coordinating patterns. Uh, more softer colors now, not so canopy looking and, and te- tent stripe looking. And then the weaving. They have some really nice textured fabrics now. It's not the really stiff awning fabric that we were used to from 15 years ago. So let's talk about trends in fabric. Okay. What is in and what is out? We're getting to the end of the year, and all I keep seeing is, okay, uh, this was in in 2018, but now throw it out. Now we're in 2019. Give I, us a kind of an overview on what we should get rid of and what we should keep. I, I still believe that it's your home and it's your personality, and you need to pick out a fabric that you are going to be happy with. However, with that said, um, kind of the grays, the the cool grays are starting to go out in the white, in the harsh colors. Yes. Tell me that. Everyone's going back to softer colors. Um, So blush right now, baby blue, um, some soft greens are really popular. Well, what do you put there? I would say, okay, a... um baby blue, but I've got to put it with navy blue. I've got to have some contrast. You can contrast. mix it with navy. You can mix it with taupes. Um, the, the warm grays are still popular right now. The cool grays are the ones that are going well, out. And I can see not having a whole total house with gray, but bringing in the yellows, the oranges, the blues. Bring in your pops so, of color. So don't tell me that gray's going. I need to keep it in my life because I don't care for brown. It's easy to work with. Yeah. The grays are really... And gray can go with almost... Any other color out there. Yes, I just so I just, just gave yes. you a, a lot of my favorite colors. What about the patterns, though? What's coming in and what's going out? Big, bold patterns are coming back in. Are they geometric? Um, geometrics, but also uh, large florals and kind of um, painterly-looking uh, florals, not not where it's a realistic image. More of abstract-type um, abstract watercolor. watercolor look. Yeah. Correct. Um, to the point where it's a 27-inch or even up to a 54-inch pattern repeat. Uh, really large patterns, uh, which is nice if you're doing a large wall of drapery or if you're looking at doing uh, some custom bedding. Right, so, and we missed out on that bedding. On, on but bedding. So uh, actually the pattern you use has to coordinate with the size of the furniture. Correct. You definitely don't want to use a huge pattern on a tiny little chair. That just common sense. That doesn't make sense at all. Um, are they still using, I'm going to swing over to mm-hmm. the bedroom. Are they still using the, um, what they call them a dust cover, dust ruffle? It's a duvet cover. Uh, is that what you're thinking? Of? I was thinking of the dust ruffle. Oh, okay. So, um, yes, they are. However, most people think of a dust ruffle as a gathered fabric, and it's, it's, we, we're doing more of a tailored look yeah, now. So they put it, the pleats at the corners. Pleats. Yes. I like Clean, that better. crisp. And then over that would be the duvet or a coverlet or something. Correct. And so what? And is the 10 or 20 pillows on the bed still in? No, it's not. I, I think um, I'm seeing, again, more of a tailored um, sham, pillow sham, but mm-hmm. le- again, less is more. So one or two throw pillows, the tailored shams, padded headboard, an upholstered is that headboard. still in? That was Very, in last, or 2018. I think it came in about 2016. I think it did. But, you know, yeah. very in, again, it, it it helps bring some softness into the room because otherwise you're usually looking at a wood headboard. 
and doing something upholstered, whether it's uh, contemporary, clean and crisp, or whether it's tufted, Mm -hmm. it can be shaped. You can add nail heads to it. You can add crystals to it. And so a lot of different designs can be made into an upholstered headboard. Now, years ago, they used to have the padded headboard to match the coverlet, which matched the drapes and the little chair. What are they doing now? I mean, here again, nothing's matching. Right. Well, not as much pattern on the headboard. This is something that you want to have through multiple bedspreads or, or duvet covers. So the headboards are typically more of a solid, solid, right? And then pa- go with a textured, yeah, textured. coordinating coverlet, throw some pillows in with a pattern. Correct. And then you got that there. You know, the one thing we missed out when we were talking about drapes are the panels. Do a lot of people just use panels and is there any limit to the height? Because I've seen them in 10-foot ceilings, windows that are huge, and they just use panels. You can do just stationary panels, which means they do not open and close. They are there just to add some softness to the window. You can go as high as you want. We've had some that have been three stories high. The caution there, again, is the type of fabric that you're selecting. When you're going that high, two-story, three-story, don't go with too flimsy of a fabric because then it's not going to hold a shape. That's something where you need to consider a little bit heavier weight or medium weight fabric so that it will pleat and and fold properly. Once again, if you select your fabrics, always check with your workroom and ask them, is this appropriate for how I want to use it? The workroom is using fabrics every day, and they know how it's going to hang. They know if it's going to... Uh, have flare or fly away. They know if it's going to be too heavy for the application. So really communicate with your workroom, uh, whether it's a drapery workroom, whether it's an upholstery shop, show them what you want to use and explain it to them and and take their direction. Well, there's so much to learn and um, know, and you don't want to make a mistake, especially when you're using expensive fabric. So I would suggest, and I'm sure you agree, that you first ask your designer, and if you don't have one, uh, you definitely have to go to a reputable fabric store and ask them, explain to them what you're needing and take their suggestions to heart, Yes, listen to them. I would suggest also photos. Everybody has a camera on their phone. Take a picture of your space, uh, bring in a sample of the fabric, and if it's possible to have some dimensions. They don't need to be accurate 100%, just, you know, five feet wide, 10 feet tall, just give them an idea of, of the size that you're going to be covering. Right. And as far as color goes, give them the idea of, uh, or show them what your fabric looks like, um, not your fabric, your rug color, your wall color, unless you're willing to paint or redo everything. So you're going to get a professional look if you give them all the parts and pieces. Correct. Mm-hmm. So definitely, um, well, be open to their suggestions too, I would say. Yes. Don't be shy about asking questions, and and don't be shy about using a designer. I mean, they're there to help you. I, I think a misnomer with designers, there's a lot of designers that will just do a consultation, mm-hmm. one-hour consultation, and that may be all that's needed to have an affirmation of what you're pulling together. There's also designers that love to do window treatments. They specialize in that. Others specialize in color and fabric. Others, like me, do kitchens, and I leave all the other stuff to Leslie. 
So, hey. Which I like. <laughs> I really learned a lot, and I hope everybody out there did, too. Did you have fun? I did. You Thank sound you. like a teacher because I know you do teach I this. did. I taught fabrics for nine years, so I love this aspect of it. Oh, thank you so much again for coming by. I want to thank everybody for listening. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to email me, nancy at nancyhugo.com. If you have any questions for Leslie, I'll just pass the questions on to her. Don't be shy about that. So in the meantime, I'm glad you listened. I hope you listen to the next one. Every single one of these podcasts are meant to teach you something. So until next time, have a good day.